Hi, I'm the Moroccan Angel. So in the Christian scriptures, it's written that Jesus' purpose and mission was to save his people from their sin. And we know uh, in the original Greek text, the word save is sozo, meaning to rescue or deliver, to set free from. He came to set his people free from sin. In the Christian book, it states that if the Son therefore shall make you free, to make you free, it is not a hope. It is not a continual struggle. Oh, you all pray for me that Jesus set me free from this addiction. No, he shall make you free. It's not a question of if it will be done or when it will be done. It's done the minute he comes to indwell within your vessel, the new Christian, the rebirth. This is a supernatural thing, and it's a crucial element of the rebirth. So we're going to look at three signs that Jesus did not set you free. And the first one is, you still desire to sin. You're not a new creature in Christ if you are still bound to sin. And someone bound and a slave to sin is absolutely not a slave to Christ, as Paul words it. They are not a new creature in Christ. They have not been reborn, regardless of how long they've been under the delusion of being a Christian. The profession is false. And regardless of the position they hold, just because they've convinced you doesn't mean they've convinced Jesus or me. <laughs> you have pastors, popes, bishops professing to be Christians and void of the true indwelling spirit of Jesus with no biblically aligned evidence or confirmation of his spirit or supernatural power. It's false professions. This is why you will see pastors such as Ted Haggard leading thousands or Eddie Long exposed as adulterous and sodomites. You're being shown if you're following them and believed that they were genuine Christians, you're being shown that their claim was false. You will not have an individual who truly possesses the indwelling spirit of Jesus lay their hands on someone or speak for someone to be made whole and nothing happens, like with Kenneth and Gloria Copeland when they prayed over someone stricken in a wheelchair and the individual remained in the chair unhealed and still in the bondage of sickness. It's a divine act of mercy for you to be shown that these men do not have the Spirit of Jesus. This is a divine act of mercy towards you so that you won't be led into the pit of hell. It's a divine intervention. But some of you are too stubborn, or whatever you may be, to realize what's actually happening. 
you have other false pastors who see these blasphemous acts made by these other pastors and their response is, well, if he's really sorry, Jesus forgives. Where in the world does it state that? Did I not get the memo? Because it certainly doesn't say that in the scriptures. I remember reading in Hebrews, he that commit willful sin after having received the knowledge of the truth shall not be pardoned. But because of their compromising hearts, they've let a wicked man who clearly does not have the spirit of Jesus continue to lead thousands. The desire to commit sin is still there. They did not experience true rebirth. The quote-unquote struggle reveals you're not dead to it. This is one of the major, major, major revelations that you are not a Christian, that you are not a genuine professing Christian. The desire to sin is not broken. You're still connected at the root of rebellion. The second sign that Jesus did not set you free is you do not have power over sickness and death. Jesus noted that his genuine disciples are not in bondage or subject to sickness and disease. He gave his true disciples power over all sickness and disease and over every evil force. And the way the modern Christian will explain it away is, well, those were the disciples, the patriarchs. No, those were the disciples of Jesus. They were human, just like you. This is confirmed in the book of John when Jesus stated, My true disciples, the genuine Christians, will do exactly as I do, even greater works than these. Why? Because it is His Spirit manifesting through them. This is biblical evidence of His indwelling Spirit. Most professing Christians can't even pray away a cold. Consider how many church doors closed during the COVID outbreak. <laughs> the Creator proving them to be liars. Do you know how many Christian, quote-unquote, Christian leaders and claimants of Christianity quarantined and much worse died from COVID? Read the scriptures. Jesus said clearly, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You have popes, bishops, pastors, Christian claimants having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Schooled in eloquent speech and how to move the hearts of men, but void of the true spirit and supernatural power of Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, it's not about eloquent speech, it's about the supernatural power. Open the doors, look in the churches, there's nothing there. Just an emotional self-help community. But where's the biblical evidence of Jesus? 
I'm still waiting for a professing Christian to restore life to the dead, to a dead body, one in the grave. Instead, you have emotional events such as uh, on the college campus, Asbury University, where a group of people got together under strong emotional influence, hoping to see the signs, hoping to see the signs and biblical evidence of Jesus' presence. It's not an emotional thing. It's a biblically aligned, fact-based thing with tangible, supernatural evidence. It was sad because a young lady was so desperate to see the manifestation of Jesus' power that she literally felt the need to falsely declare that quote-unquote limbs grew back at this revival, quote-unquote revival, which was an absolute lie. The one common theme of the modern-day Christian to demonstrate power is casting out demons, which is questionable in and of itself. You can't always trust that it is the manifestation of a demonic presence, or is it someone's attempt at attention. There's so much, there's so much deception. You have, in the past, documented, and currently, pastors who are paying individuals to put on a show, to fake miracles, to, in order to boost their notoriety. And what is it for? To gain wealth. And I'm not implying that every uh, deliverance from demonic possession is false. It's just, it shouldn't be single defining mark. There should be other points or confirming supernatural marks as well. If someone claims to be able to um, heal someone of, you know, they were deaf and now they can hear, or someone who's claiming to be blind and now they can see, there should also be the evidence of raising the dead or healing someone or making someone whole who was born with Down syndrome. But we never see this. There's always a limit. There is a, and I personally believe the reason there is a limit is because there's only so much that you can fake. There's only so much that you can deceive people with. You can easily deceive someone uh, by claiming to be deaf, and then now you hear, praise Jesus. But bring someone who has no ear. <laughs> Walk someone in there who does not have an ear. And then that same person professing to be able to heal the deaf or you know, with the power of Jesus, that's, it's that same power of Jesus that is noted within the scriptures to make an ear grow back or to replace an ear on someone's head. Bring that in and let's see what you're working with. Call them out to heal the terminally ill cancer patients or to raise the dead bodies of professing Christians from the graves and they run. Instead of facing the reality 
that they just don't have the true spirit of Jesus. A little while ago, a perfect example, uh, the Bethel Church in Redding, California, a worship leader, a professing worship leader, one who is given and trusted to lead the congregation into the presence of Jesus, her two-year-old daughter died. The, the daughter's name was Olive. And don't get me wrong, this is not to mock in any way, but to bring an awareness of what's happening. Now mind you, Jesus said that those who are his true disciples will do exactly as he did. So we look to the scriptures to see what did Jesus do when a little girl died? He restored life to her body. So what happened? The entire church, the entire church prayed, shouting, come alive, come alive. They called for global prayers for other Christians to stand in unified belief in asking Jesus to restore life back into this little girl's body, this two-year-old little girl. And what happened? She laid there in the coroner's office until they buried her. Now, when I first read this story, it saddened my heart, but it's very telling of something extremely, extremely significant. Everyone, every single individual who made a request for this young girl to be restored to life, a shocking truth has been shown to you that you are not a genuine, biblically defined Christian. Those who truly have the indwelling spirit of Jesus will do exactly as he did because it's him. Did you hear what I just said? They will be able to perform these supernatural miracles of making whole the sick or restoring life to a dead body because it's supposed to be his spirit manifesting through them. This is the evidence of a genuine rebirth. L listen. For you to be shown this is a divine supernatural intervention exposing the falsity of your claim. You can recognize and acknowledge this or walk on stubbornly into the place of darkness. I'm not here to sugarcoat things in quote-unquote love for you. You have pastors for that. I'm here to tell you the hard cold truth because time is ticking and death is coming. Now hear me. Jesus said that something is very, very true for his genuine disciples. Whatever, whatever, meaning everything or anything 
Whatever they ask for in my name, I will do it. Mm. Hear me. If you are indeed one with his spirit, you have the mind of Christ and will pray according to his will. And the promise is, it shall be done. If you are in fact praying outside of his will, this is further evidence that you are void of his spirit. When it comes to supernatural healing, we have the example of how and when it happens. Immediately or within the hour. Why will it be done? Jesus said to bring glory to his Father. If you are professing to be a Christian and you prayed for this little girl to come out of the grave and she is still lifeless in the grave, you, this is, this is just basic raw truth. You do not have the genuine indwelling spirit of Christ. Your claim is a farce. You have asked for something to be done as a professing Christian, but it did not happen as Jesus said it would be done, especially in the way that it was thematically carried out within the scriptures by Jesus himself within the allotted time frame in which Jesus carried out or performed such requests. This is the undeniable evidence that not only do you not have his true spirit dwelling within you, but that you are not set free. You are still deceived and in bondage. The, the scriptures state to prove that the Spirit of Christ actually dwells within you. Either you are one who's lying, professing to be a Christian, one who has Jesus' Spirit, or he lied. Which is it? Now the third sign that Jesus did not set you free is that you are subject to death. You see, no man can overturn the Creator's judgment of death. What was that? Jesus did? Hmm. So let's keep this really simple. The truth of it is that every professing Christian believes that Jesus physically rose from the dead based upon the trust that they've put in reading a sacred book, the Christian book, the New Testament. Otherwise, you have no tangible proof other than the tangible proof Jesus promised to those who believe that he rose from the dead. And so what tangible proof did Jesus say would be given to prove that he rose from the dead? Jesus said that for those who are his true disciples, 
let's go to it because this is so phenomenal in the book of John chapter 14 21 it states he that hath my commandments and keepeth them he is the one that loves me and he that loves me shall be loved of my father and I will love him now catch this and I will manifest myself to him. The original Greek word for manifest is emphanizo, meaning to exhibit in person, to manifest. It is from the word emphanes, making the self visibly open, physically manifesting or visible to the physical eyes. Jesus declared that he will physically visit the genuine professing Christian, just like he visited his disciples in flesh and blood. This is the game changer. This is what makes it more than just a belief. This is what makes it real. If you'd like to understand how this is possible, I wrote a book entitled How to Recognize the Spirit of Jesus. You see, Jesus declared that his genuine disciples would see him and not in the way that you think, in dreams or visions or what have you, but they would physically see him with their eyes he would visit them and manifest himself to them according to the Christian book the spirit of Jesus is not subject to death it is said that he is life if in fact his life-giving spirit this powerful spirit of life dwells within you, within the professing Christian vessel, why then do we see the bodies, the dead bodies of professing Christians residing in the graves? Perhaps you do not realize the magnitude of this dilemma. In the meantime, I'm the Moroccan Angel. Do what is right, always. It matters.